Welcome back to the Coach's Corner. I'm Peter Sachuk, your host and UHY's Career Development and Training Manager. On Tuesday, July 21st, 2021, Simone Biles of the USA Women's Gymnastics Team pulled out of team competition during the 2020 Tokyo Olympics, citing concerns about her mental health. In later interviews, Biles admitted that she had struggled with the demands of being one of the most famous athletes in the world, the unique presence of the Tokyo Games, and the added challenge of being stuck in a COVID bubble. Biles' decision reignited discussion regarding mental health amongst athletes, who are often put under high-stress situations we could never imagine. We may never face the same stressors as Biles and other athletes, but we do face certain stressors in our personal and professional lives that may challenge our mental health. It's important as an organization that we start to or better understand mental health, including possible warning signs of mental illness, the myths around mental health, and how we as employees and managers can create an environment where discussion around mental health is welcomed instead of ignored. Let's get into it. As defined by the World Health Organization, or WHO, mental health is a state of well-being in which an individual realizes his or her own abilities, can cope with the normal stresses of life, can work productively, and is able to make a contribution to his or her community. The WHO further elaborates that mental health is more than just the absence of mental disorders or disabilities. Strong mental health is not only about avoiding active conditions, but looking after your ongoing wellness and happiness. Mental health is important at every stage of life, from childhood through adulthood, and helps determine how we handle stress, relate to others, and make choices. There are many factors that contribute to our mental health, including biological factors, life experiences, and or a family history of mental health problems. When your mental health is in balance, it allows you to realize your full potential, cope with the stresses of life, work productively, and make meaningful contributions to your community. However, there are going to be times where your mental health is challenged, and there are some specific warning signs you should look out for, including eating or sleeping too much or too little, pulling away from people and usual activities, having low or no energy, feeling numb or like nothing matters, having unexplained aches and pains, feeling helpless or hopeless, feeling unusual, confused, forgetful, on edge, angry, upset, worried, or scared, yelling or fighting with family and friends, experiencing severe mood swings that cause problems in relationships, having persistent thoughts and memories you can't get out of your head, hearing voices or believing things that are not true, or an inability to perform daily tasks like taking care of your kids or getting to work or school. Myth number one, mental health problems don't affect me. Here are the facts. While you may not be struggling with your mental health, it can affect those around you. In 2014, about one in five American adults experienced a mental health issue. One in 10 young people experienced a period of major depression, and one in 25 Americans live with a serious illness, such as schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, or major depression. That's why it is important to understand the symptoms of mental illness so you can step in and support your colleagues, friends, family members, or ask for help yourself. Myth number two, personality weaknesses or character flaws cause mental health problems. People with mental health problems can snap out of it if they try hard enough. Here are the facts. Mental health problems have nothing to do with being lazy or weak, and many people do need help to get better. As we learned earlier, 
many factors to contribute to mental health problems, including biological factors such as genes, physical illness, injury, or brain chemistry, life experiences such as trauma or a history of abuse, or family history of mental health problems. The truth is that people with mental health issues can get better and may recover quickly with the right support mechanisms in place. Myth number three, I can't do anything for a person with a mental health problem. Here are the facts. Friends and loved ones can make a big difference. Only 44% of adults with diagnosable mental health problems and less than 20% of children and adolescents receive needed treatment. Friends and family can be important influences to help someone get the treatment and services they need by reaching out and letting them know they're available to help, helping them access mental health services, learning and sharing the facts about mental health, especially if you hear something that isn't true, treating them with respect just as you would anyone else, refusing to define them by their diagnosis or using labels such as crazy. When we acknowledge our mental health struggles, we get to know ourselves better and are more authentic people, employees, and leaders. While mental health may be a struggle at times, it is not a weakness. The more you acknowledge your struggles and demonstrate authenticity, the better your performance, engagement, employee retention, and overall well-being will be. A failure to do so will not only impact your personal life, but your professional one as well. Now that we know more about mental health, some possible warning signs to look out for, and have addressed some of the myths around mental health, how do we go about looking after our mental health? The first thing is to take care of yourself. An unintended benefit of the pandemic is that while we were all working at home, we took breaks to take care of things around us because we were forced to. This could have been an afternoon workout, a walk with the dog, spending time with your kids before they go down for a nap, or some quiet time for reading. Post-pandemic, as more people continue to work completely or partially from home, we should continue to take that focused time to recharge. Prioritize those things the same way you would prioritize an important meeting. Put it on your calendar, if you can, decide what you're going to do during that time, and execute. Second, take time to disconnect from work, even if just for a little while. During those focus periods, turn off your notifications, step away from your computer, and put that dreaded phone aside. As we learned in the Hyperactive Hivemind episode, each one of those notifications takes focus away from our main objective. Silencing or avoiding those devices for a period of time allows you a chance to refocus on the task at hand. Who knows, you may come back to the project with a refreshed perspective or method to complete it. Third, build courage and fight the stigma. We encourage you to have open, honest conversation with your manager about your workload, stress levels, and other mental health concerns. Remember, this doesn't make you weak. In fact, acknowledging your weaknesses demonstrates your humility. Further, take the time to build those relationships with your managers and colleagues beyond just the day-to-day -day tasks at work. Really get to know those you work with, perhaps through an in-person or virtual coffee break. The more you know someone, the higher likelihood you'll be able to discuss these issues with them. Finally, build a meaningful support network. Find someone in your life that you can talk to authentically and honestly about how you're feeling. It's better to get those feelings out in the open than to let them stew and impact your mental health further. I'll divert here to talk about one of my personal experiences where my mental health wasn't the strongest. It was right before the pandemic started and I was just laid off from my last employer. This was the first time I was ever laid off, so I didn't have any experience to relate it to. I didn't know how to react. I didn't know what to do. 
I felt hopeless. I felt like I didn't have a purpose. But one thing that got me through was just talking with my fiance about the issues. She assured me we were going to be fine. We were going to get through this. She helped get me back on my feet. The other thing I had to do was try and find a job in a worldwide pandemic. You know, interviews are typically done in person. How was this going to be handled in a virtual world? Thankfully, because of my fiance's support, I was able to get back up on the horse, so to speak, figure out how to do this interview thing virtually, and was very happy to land here at UHY. So so thank you, Kim, if you're listening to this episode. Now, for our managers out there, there are certain things you can do to support your employees' mental health. First, allow yourself to be vulnerable. During the pandemic, everyone's mental health was challenged. We all had to quickly adapt to a new way of business largely done via computer than in person. Because of this, mental health challenges became normalized because we all faced the same issues. We were all uncomfortable at some point. As we, hopefully, crossing fingers, emerge from this pandemic, be honest about your own mental health struggles as a leader because this can open the door for other employees to feel comfortable talking with you about their own challenges. Second, model appropriate mental health behaviors. As we discussed earlier, one of the ways you can take charge of your mental health is to give yourself focused breaks and do something productive with that time. As a leader, you should be open with your employees that, hey, maybe you're taking a walk in the middle of the day, or you're going to your therapy appointment after work, or simply taking a staycation. When you do this, it demonstrates to your employees that they are safe to take time off to do exactly what you're doing, looking after your mental health. Third, Build a culture of connection through frequent check-ins. As we again emerge, hopefully, from this pandemic into a hybrid workforce, intentional check-ins are more critical than ever. However, leaders must strive to go past the simple, how are you, and ask specific questions about what support you can provide that would be helpful. Really listen to what your employees have to say, but try not to micromanage. Even though you may not know the answer, making the space for them to share enables this process. Fourth, Offer flexibility and be inclusive. Your needs, the needs of the team, and the situation will always change. Proactive communication and setting new norms helps people design and preserve the boundaries they need. Take a customized approach to each employee in each situation to achieve the best possible outcome. Finally, communicate more than you think you need to. Finally, communicate more than you think you need to. Employees who felt their managers were not good at communicating have been 23% more likely than others to experience mental health declines since the pandemic. Keep your team informed about any organizational changes or updates. Clarify modified work hours and norms. Share the available mental health resources and encourage your employees to use them. We're going to have a very special guest on the next episode to talk about mental health who can introduce you to some of those resources if you are not sure. Here are your key takeaways for this episode. The WHO defines mental health as a state of well-being in which an individual realizes his or her own abilities, can cope with the normal stresses of life, can work productively, and is able to make a contribution to his or her community. Strong mental health is not only about avoiding active conditions, but looking after your ongoing wellness and happiness. Mental health is important at every stage of your life, all the way from childhood through adulthood, and helps determine how we handle stress, relate to others, and make choices. There are many factors that contribute to our mental health, including biological factors, life experiences, and or a family history of mental health problems. The myths around mental health, specifically about how it impacts you, 
how to rid yourself of mental illness, and your inability to help others have been largely debunked because it affects everyone, does not go away, and is correctable with the proper intervention. As employees, we can take control of our mental health by taking care of ourselves, disconnecting from work from time to time, fighting the stigma of discussion around mental health, and building a supportive network around you. As managers, you can support your employees' mental health by allowing yourself to be vulnerable, modeling appropriate mental health behaviors, building a strong culture of connection, being flexible and inclusive, and communicating more than you think you need to. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Coach's Corner. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review and let us know what you thought about today's episode. If you'd like to learn more about the topics discussed in this episode, please check out the resources in this episode's description or in the Coach's Corner folder of the National Drive. See you next time.